a gangster's mall gets lessons on how to fit in with Washington, D.C. society. Dad prepares for a wedding. A noted guide leads a probable widow into uncharted Africa. A silent film-era diva looks for a comeback. And a number one fan looks to usurp the lead role. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1950. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... Have you thought of your end? Not yet, Jack. The Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... I am happy to announce that the winner is... All About Eve. Meg, we are so far back into the past. We are back there we feel i mean now you, you and i were the, you and i, I were was, only I, like two years old when the, these movies came out it's crazy well, i was actually i was working concessions at a local theater i remember when king solomon's minds dropped um but when it dropped <clears throat> yeah yeah that, those it, were some it, wild it, fucking times man oh you know we we're just post-war mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um we've got korea just staring at us just staring down the barrel of the korean conflict good job setting the scene you're really setting the scene for us. Yeah. It's a long time ago. I did not want to do the, I want to be on record as saying I did not want to do the fifties. I thought this is too far back. And what did you say to me? I don't know. I said too bad. Too bad. Probably. Tompi, something like that. Something like that. And so now here we, (laughs) and now here we are in the fifties. Well, like our, you know, as our country tries to regress back to the fifties, we're going to talk about 1950. Um, See what I did there? Now, I should point out that I think you're currently delighted with our idea to go back to the 1950s. This is actually a very strong year. Oh, this is a great year. Sorry. Let me, let's say. You're going to be. Very disappointed. Later on. A hundred percent. Later on. Later on this year, you're going to be very angry with me. Yeah. Absolutely. When we're watching like the greatest show on earth. and I don't care for that. Sayonara and stuff like that. You're not going to be happy at all. But right now. Right now, you're good. Right now, this is good. This um, is better than a lot of other years that we've done. I also want to point out this could end up being a lost episode. We're recording this about a week before we'll put it out. Um, so by then, who knows what will happen to the country? Yeah, for sure. Maybe the internet doesn't exist. Maybe, maybe. Oh my God! Maybe they've gotten rid of Spotify. Shutter. Shutter to think. An extraterrestrial will find the file um, in eons from now, and they'll we'll listen to the first understand. two minutes and then get bored. <laughs> They'll be like, I didn't even know there was another father of the bride. <laughs> it's blowing our guests' mind. So yeah. let's do it. Let's give like our guests like a, like a like a fun intro. Like okay, he is. You want to go? Go for it. He is very important to me. He is um, my soulmate, my my spirit guide, my mm-hmm. um, teacher in all things. Um, musical or gay basically and Mm -hmm. also he's good looking which is a person should be if a person should try to be if they can be and that's mr thomas crottinger is here wow what an intro (laughs) (laughs) not gonna live up to any of that i'm just gonna be a a flaming queen with a lot of opinions today (laughs) this is going to be i will say a very gay episode for, As it should be. Yeah. It has. We're talking about all about Eve and Sunset Boulevard and King Solomon's and we'll, mind. William Holden. What's what's gayer than King Solomon's <laughs> minds? 
nothing. So many secrets. So many. So so many secrets. So many twists and turns. Now, what do you... So many unnecessary moments. No, so many. You Now, you've been texting me nonstop this week about William Holden. Oh, my my boyfriend, my my lover, my hero. Other than he's like... Literally Reagan's best friend <laughs> and was his was literally his best best man at his wedding to Nancy, like one of two guests mm. at the wedding. That killed that me. Is a, but, that was a that's a that's that is a tough pill to swallow. Feels like maybe he's mm-hmm. not real comfortable with uh homosexuality. Although I, there are rumors that he was a homosexual himself. Okay, you mentioned that, and of course the second you said that I did scour the internet for like any evidence or interest, like whatever. He had multiple children, multiple wives, which I know is not right. You know, doesn't rule out, but I don't know. I couldn't find anything. It did break my heart, but I still love him. Yeah. And you know what? I forgive him for his flaws. I've never heard that about William Holtman. That's Holden. It's not like a Monty Clift or Rock Hudson or, you know, one of those people. I heard it. I, I heard it. it I up. heard it somewhere. Somewhere I heard Who it. Who told you? Did Betty Davis? Betty tell Davis you? told me that back when I was, uh, you know, working the. I don't know what was I doing in 1950, wherever I was. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, Betty Davis told me that. In, in confidence, da- in confidence, guys. So don't tell anybody in, else. Don't okay, tell anybody yeah. else. We'll, we'll keep it here. Mm-hmm. We'll keep luckily, it here. luckily, no one will hear this. Cir- so. Circle of trust. Uh, <laughs> Um, should we jump into it? Yeah. Let's get yeah. it going. Let's, just... let's get it going. Well, well, let's let's start by saying Thomas. So Thomas, you we live you live here in Hollywood, California. Yeah, West Hollywood, West Hollywood California. California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mm-hmm. love mu- movies. Mm-hmm. Love movies, love music, love culture, love art. All of the, all, I'm gay. All, all of the things. All <laughs> Yeah. All of the, I'm wearing a black, pink Lady Gaga t-shirt and an Ivy Park hat mm-hmm. with a silver chain yeah, you, and a gay stash. Yeah, you could, I'm here. Yeah, you could not be. You could not be gayer. I just want to. I just want to point out that you're. I want to hear all of your thoughts on the music in these movies. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, it's interesting because uh, I took this class in college all about film scoring. And you always talk about the Newmans because they're so influential. And when I looked up and saw that Newman was nominated but didn't win for um, All About Eve, but then um, who was it that won for uh, Sunset? Oh, Franz Waxman. Yeah, Franz Waxman won for Sunset Boulevard. I was fine with that. I was happy. You were okay. You were okay. Okay, good. Yeah. I just wanted an expert's. Yes. I just wanted an expert's opinion. Yeah. In the music. And Newman got like a bajillion other whatever. He's fine. Okay. But like Sunset Boulevard was emotional. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I loved it. Um, so we'll start with Born Yesterday. Oh, how fun. What a, literally, how fun. Literally, what a delight. What a fun, uh, what a fun uh, thing. Wait, who did she remind me? I fucking said it and then I forget. Who did she remind? Oh, she reminds me of um, Lena Lamont uh, from, from Singing in the Rain. Sorry, oh. Judy Holiday's oh. character is very Lena Lamont. And then I found mm-hmm. out something about, like, I don't know if it had been offered to, or, or like, she played, I don't know. There's something, there's, or, like, she based her performance well, in Singing in the Rain on this character or something, oh. maybe. Um, because it is very much like, what am I, stupid? You know? Yeah. Which is 
actually pretty good. You could have played this part. I could part, have played Megan. the part, like no problem. Yeah, I think you would have done a very good job at this part. Dye my hair, inject my breasts, and... Would we have believed that multiple men were falling <laughs> in love with Megan, though? <laughs> I mean, I know I'm, I'm like, Megan and I are both gay men, yeah. so there's just like an, a, like an instinctual attraction, yes. but I would buy between it. The two, buy between it. the two of us. I mean, if you were, yeah. if you were the William Holden, then it would be, it would be great. And as we've already discussed, William Holden. Right. And William Holden is in this movie. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. a great, this is a great movie. And after the first five minutes, I thought I was going to hate it. And I thought that I was like, just going to be annoyed with the shtick. And it's like the fifties or whatever, but it really won me over like throughout the film. She, I really loved Judy's arc. I loved her and she's so likable. Like, wow. What a likable, uh, what a likable star as opposed to uh, Lena Lamont, I guess. Yeah, I do, I do think, I think a lot of this movie is, and it's fine that this is the, but it's like, it's about her performance. Yeah. Like, I don't know that if you were recommending this movie to anyone else, you'd be like, you have to see this for William Holden's performance or for whoever. Like, I really think you'd be saying, yeah, you should watch Born Yesterday because Judy Holiday kind of takes this one note character and makes it work for a hundred minutes. Yeah. Gives her, gives her an arc, gives her like a, yeah. an inner life. And I will say like, William Holden is we as we've just discussed for however many minutes like hot as fuck and 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 like definitely also a star and you kind of like don't remember him in this because she's so luminous. He is honestly. He, go ahead, Thomas. I was going to say, I, if I didn't know him before watching this film, I don't think that I'd be as obsessed mm -hmm. with him yeah. because of this film. This was my first intro to Billy. I don't think it would. It would have connected. Oh, you're like on such a first name basis with him now. Yeah, we've gone out a bunch. <laughs> um, he is a he is a strict constitutionalist, Paul. Um, and I like they have that moment where they read the Bill of Rights, and I was like, of all the fucking amendments you could read, it's got to be the Second Amendment. Like at this moment in U.S. history, seventy years, I have to. This one has to be the one. I was like, great, right. Cool. People, that was so annoying. People love these. People love their guns, man. It's so weird. If you're a gun person, please write me and tell me what's so great great about a gun. I'm I I truly am curious. I am I I'm like, have you heard of like like cheese? You heard of it? Like much better. You know what I mean? Or sex? I mean, or, the NRA went bankrupt. Yeah, they did. They did. They're just gonna restructure and they're gonna come right back. I don't know. It's weird. It's also weird that the two substitutions I think of for guns is cheese and sex, but you know. Well, you're just picking your favorite. Yeah, things. those are my two favorite things. Um, yeah. yeah, it. it I, I I loved you in Sound of Music. <laughs> by the way. Uh, it's a uh, it's a very enjoyable movie. It's funny. It's one of those movies that would not be nominated for an Oscar today. Obviously, it's yeah, because comedy. Yeah. I, yeah, it's funny though. I think I was shocked that it was like, as I was watching it yeah. and I watched it after I watched father of the bride and I was like shocked that it was a comedy. And then when I was do, like reading about it and saw that it was based on a play and that Judy was, you know, she was reprising her role from the play. Most of the time I really dislike when movies are adapted from plays because most of the time it just feels like, what what are you bringing to the story? Like, sure. why are you making it into a, a film? Um, and I was nervous about that. 
but I don't know. No, I, agree. I just found it thoroughly. It's also usually very, even if, even if the movie is good and we'll talk about this at the end of the show, a movie that I saw last night, even if the movie is good, if it's adapted from a play, you're still, it still screams play. My, most of the time it's still like, this is a play. This is definitely a play. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I, I did not get that with this movie at all. I thought they, and I thought they used locations really well and yeah. I think lots of doors is, though, like are, people yeah. coming in out of doors, like a play yeah. that was like, we're in a play. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's also kind of easier going back. Well, first of all, there's a lot more plays that become movies early on, but just the fact they had more constraints in terms of, you know, they couldn't go to eight different countries to film a movie. Yeah. So I think if you're watching a movie from like the forties or fifties, you expect it to be more contained, you know, it's three rooms yeah. and maybe a street scene as opposed to now where we expect to see, you know, Tom Cruise hanging from a helicopter. Yeah. But I also feel in like an, direction. In an adaptation of Richard the Third. <laughs> 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 oh, he should play Richard the Third. He'd be great. Um, put that hump on his back. Mm. Um, I will say though, um, yeah, I just think that like I also with plays, a lot of times they do a lot of like, because there's not as many characters. <clears throat> They do that thing where it's like, and now the camera's on you, and now the camera's on you, and now the camera's right. on you. And it's just like, there's no like reaction shots in a weird way. And they, I felt like they gave this movie sort of room to breathe. Yeah. Um, do we think, here's a question. Look, Harry Brock, obviously a terrible boyfriend. Mm. She, sh- she should move on. Rich, is though. Is Paul that... Yeah, but is Paul that much better? He kind of infantilizes her yeah. a little bit. Um, when At the end, when they're like, let's get married, I was like, what? <laughs> You've known each other for like four and a half minutes. Well, that like, I'm like, whenever right people are like, let's get married, I'm always like, play the field. Guys, play the field a little bit. I mean, as a, speaking as a married person, we're all married. I'm telling you, we're all married, married. Mm -hmm. play the field, play the field is all, is all I would say to that. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, they treat her like an idiot and she's just uneducated. Yeah. You know, that's it. There's a difference. I did think that she realizes that she's in a bad relationship by, um, reading the words of our forefathers. (laughs) The Federalist Society just like quivered with delight. She's like, oh, this is how I know that this person is bad. I got it. I got it, finally. Well, it's good to know that they were good for I, something. Yeah. I guess if you, you had to choose which brand of misogyny from the 50s you were going to choose, I would choose Paul's yeah. over Harry's. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I wouldn't give Harry any of his stuff back. No, I don't think because Oh, yeah, she is, I, she is going to, right? Yeah, one every year. And I'm like, I would just be like, <laughs> it's... Good luck. Yeah. See ya. Sorry. Like, now we, sh- we should point out there's like 300 of them. So he's really going to get back like, let's say it's 1950. He's got some co- comorbidities. He's a little overweight. He probably does not take care of himself, drinks a lot. Yeah. He's going to get like four or five of those back tops. Yeah. And then he, before he passes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean... Yeah. Also, she like she put out for years. One assumes like you got to walk away with, you know, what you got to walk away with something. Yeah. yeah. Get it. Get your bag, honey. Amen. Um, any other thoughts on Born Yesterday or should we move on? I liked it. 
Yeah, they might I liked key. it. He might key. Um, I liked it. Um, yeah, it's good. I yeah, check it out. Yeah, um, I would say I, I would I was say it's mad a fun thing. At first. To, you were mad. You were mad, but then you were, but then you pushed through. And it was fabulous. Yeah. And I, I think I was just more like, I can't believe she won the Oscar for Best Actress for this. Like knowing what was like coming around the pike and who the competition was. Yeah. yeah. But then, I kind of think she earned she earned it. We'll have, we'll have some talk, chats. We about that. can get into we, it we, later. We got it. We got because this is an interesting. This year is stacked with performances. And she yeah, was stacked. She well, stacked. on one gender side. Yes. Yeah. One gender side. Yeah. I will I will say that um and we'll talk about it. You know, Megan and I have been doing these episodes where we talk about the acting awards, the lead acting awards, and we've done like a couple years in the two thousands. Um, I'm not mad about it. No. I that don't was know. my thing. Well, you I know, we'll, to talk, be mad. we'll talk about it at the end, but I'm not I'm not I can't be angry. No. Because she's great. And she seems she's and, and and Thomas did research and she was called in front of uh, Joseph McCarthy, right? Quack. Uh, Quack. Huh? Two years. Two years after this film came That's out. Crazy. She was called and had to like testify that she wasn't a communist. Two years she's after this like, movie all about how great America is, and then this shit happens. Right, where she's reading about the Second Amendment <laughs> on screen, doing with her Reagan's buddy, getting it done, like Whatever. But she didn't name names, it, right? She's uh No, she's legit. She's legit. And then poor thing died or like had a stroke hailing a cab. It's very dark and sad and no, I she just died, love her now. She she died of breast cancer, I believe you told us. And then <laughs> it was Ann Baxter. Baxter, right? But Ann Baxter, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I just love these ladies tragic, so much. Tragic deaths all around. Tragic ladies. Um <laughs> Father of the Pride. Oh my god! This movie is just a little delight. It is such a delight. Uh huh. Now the problem is, and I will—I didn't know it existed. But you knew that the 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 you seen the remake, right? I have Thomas Michael forced me to watch Father of Bride Part Two. I've never seen the original Father <laughs> of the Bride. I don't think, <laughs> and I didn't know that there was. I I know this is bad, but I didn't know that, that it was a remake or based on an old movie. So literally, the second I hit play on this. I was transported. Yeah. It's funny how... It, I didn't write a single note for this movie because I was just caught up in the whimsy and the excitement and the joy and just the highs and the lows. And the looks. It was... The looks are... Yes. Mm, Liz Taylor. It's such... And also, um, yes, Liz Taylor. Yeah. yeah. What a treat. Young Liz Taylor. Like, what a, what, a, what a delight young Liz Taylor was, too. Just, like, like so luminous and, like, bebopping around and that wedding You know dress. what's... You know, you know what's funny about um, age is so... <laughs> it comes for us all. Well, from <laughs> this... So just because we did the 60s last year, um, Spencer Tracy looks exactly the same in this movie as he looks in, um, like, uh, what's it, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yeah. So there's, like, 17 years between those two movies. Yeah. But obviously, like, you know, he was a man in his, you know, or mid-40s or whatever at the time. Right. Liz Taylor... It's 16 years between this movie and Virginia Woolf. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Being a woman sucks. Like, people don't... I know it's, like, well-trod territory and very, like, trite and boring of me to say, but, like, yeah, men get better looking. It, 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 it it's, it's unfair. It's unfair. Fucking Craig... It, Craig's hair is down to his shoulders. He's wearing a beanie. Mm-hmm. He looks great. 
I haven't had a facial Great. in a year, and I literally my face is falling off. It is tr- Megan. It is, I have to cut you off because that off is not face. true. It is. It is. No, you have an immaculate skincare routine. You look gorgeous. I am. mm -mm. I'm not letting this one fly. Even with all that work, even with all that work, I need more work. (laughs) I need like work. Do you know what I mean? Like I need someone to come in here with a chisel and just uh, be like, knock away these. But don't you think it's interesting that two of these five movies deal with women and aging? And how they're reacting to it. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're not there yet, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. on the subject, like, it's something that's been around since the dawn of time, and we still haven't. We haven't solved you know, aging yet. Somebody figure this out, please. We're just like evolved in a society where we don't drive women fucking insane yeah, for something nice. that they can't control. That would be nice. That's all. That would be. Anyways, but Father of the Bride. But can't they? <laughs> I want to get that vampire facial where they take your blood and. Okay. Okay. Army. (laughs) Calm down. I just found out about the army stuff last night. Oh, it is. I had to do a deep dive. At first I thought maybe they were just kink shaming him, but now it appears maybe he really does want to eat people. (laughs) We go to the same gym. Like I've been on the elliptical next to him many times. He's never tried any of that. Did he try to bite you? No, he never tried. No. Damn it. He never tried to bite me on the elliptical. Damn it. Damn it. Does he ever have a peach with him? That was Timothy. Timothy. Oh. Timothy carries the peach around. But he ate it, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Right. That's, I mean, we should have known. Yeah. Um, Back to Father of the Bride. Um, So here's the thing about Father of the Bride that I think is funny is like watching it as somebody who's who grew up on the remake. And and I and by the way, Thomas, it's hilarious that you watch Father of the Bride, too, which is also, by the way, a delight. But Father of the Bride one is where it's at with Steve Martin. And it is very weird that the, the, the jokes are it's really, you know, whatever, 40 plus years later, it's the jokes are really beat for beat pretty much the same. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, Mm -hmm. even with the jacket that rips and the, this and the, that, and he, he misses the, you know, the bouquet toss and the engagement party and all of this stuff. Um, yeah, it's funny, but it's, you know, Spencer Tracy, man, he's great. He makes it work. It's a very, it's a, it's a movie that would never be made now because it's almost like, this is a big year for voiceover, by the way, a ton of, so much narration. These movies. Um, also, three movies with narration and that start at the end of the movie. And then and then it's like the thing of like, let me tell you how we got here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Thomas, Thomas's head just blew up like he was in. I love that. Movie. Well, it's kind of like a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> you know, the first lyric and the last lyric. <laughs> Sorry. Because of Thomas, is, I've gotten really into to folklore and Evermore. I think There's, Evermore is better. Listen, uh, I love. I think my, it's. A, I, I love them. Wow, I gotta. I gotta I, do I, I, more listen, Evermore. And you know what? You know what? I think Thomas may be right. Really? As an album, like as a flow, I kind of like Evermore better. Okay. I mean, folk, folklore has some bops. Don't get me wrong. Folklore has some great, but, but there's a few songs that I always skip on folklore. I'm always like, uh, I don't, I honestly yeah. don't need my tears ricochet. I honestly mm. don't need seven. 
I do like August, and then I like, and then I go like skip, skip, skip to Invisible String. Invisible String is the best song on either album. I think it's a. I don't think you're. I. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not mad at you for saying that. I don't disagree. But yeah, I do think Evermore overall as an entire record wow. is just better. Wow. I think. Um, I, I. I think she figured out what she was doing, and she put it in a perfectly packaged. Um, I forget how many, 16 songs, 18 with the deluxe little present. Yeah. I think it's better. All- also Gold Rush. I like that song. <laughs> I like What? That. Like, yeah. so incredible. So we're all Swifties Whatever. now is what we're saying. Oh, I mean, Ben won. You're, yeah, you're, the, you're new <laughs> to this. I'm new, to the I'm new. I'm new, like, guys. Well, I'm like, new in welcome. the club. It's like, welcome to the mansion in Rhode Island. Feels good. Okay? That's my other favorite song. I love that song. I, Last Great American, Last Great Dynasty. American Dynasty. Me too. That's a great song. That's, mm-hmm. that's my jam. She mixes history with her current yeah. life. It's like, like some things never change. It's great. It makes me want to buy a house. Ugh. Which will never happen. Babe, we live in LA. <laughs> yeah, keep keep dreaming. <laughs> um, but, okay, speaking of that, with Father of the Bride, how you were saying, it's almost beat for beat, cut for cut. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Some things never change. And is that a good thing? when we were looking at a marriage, like this pomp and circumstance of a marriage yeah. that happens in 1950. And then you think about what, what it came in the nineties, two thousands, whatever. Like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And I think thing? about all that, of our like, marriages too, that I feel like all three of us are, this is getting personal now, but I think that all three of us are, um, you know, slightly less, I guess, conventional, whatever we all chose, like or, you know, more less conventional. I married a man. You married a man. So, you know, right up top mm, yeah. there, that's whatever. Um, uh, we all married. Oh, no, you, you married a woman. <laughs> I, I married a woman. married a woman. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Craig. But we all, like, kind of d- do things, like, differently. <laughs> like, Craig and I chose to be fucking actors. Like, what a, t- you know, whatever. We chose more, uncondition- more unconventional paths. And yet, right. we all had pretty, like, conventional you know, like we all had like the big wedding, like did the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, it is an interesting, it's interesting to think about because I, I I never really like thought about my wedding growing up or like was like one of those girls that was like, and then we're going to do this and but man, when the time came, I was like, here's what I want, which is such an interesting, it, it is weird how like things, some things change, but they, but other things do not. Well, mm-hmm. and you kind of see both the mother and the Liz Taylor character that switch sort of flips also for them. Yeah, it does. Because um, he's like, well, well, we didn't get married, like whatever. And she's like, and because she, whatever, the scene where she's like, I like, I really want her to have like a big church wedding. And he's like, yeah. why? And she's like, I didn't get that. And I pretended it was cool, but it's not cool. That's the thing that I wanted. And it is kind of breaks your heart a little bit. Right. Well, and that's like I can say personally, yeah. like with with our wedding, there were like times that like uh, Allie felt like a lot of things she didn't necessarily want to do were being imposed by her because her mother did not have the marriage of her dreams. Right. So she was like, "Well, these are things I wanted, so I want them now. This is also my party." Right. You know. Right. Because it is partly the mother of yeah, the mother of the bride. Um, movies don't open anymore with a monologue straight to camera. No. Well, because I think you don't, people you don't see that as because much. I also think this is another thing about this year and the, this movie and these movies is I also think that like they can't like we don't have the stars to do that anymore. Yeah. In a, like 
the thing about Spencer Tracy is like, man, he he's a great actor, but he's also like, and we talk about this all the time on the podcast. He's a movie star. Like he also was like a great mono. Like we've just done other movies that he's been in. He was a great monologue. Yeah. Like he has a monologue in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. He has monologues in Hair at the Wind. He had a monologue in Witness for the or not um, the Nuremberg mm-hmm. Trials. He has that huge long huge monologue. Long monologue, monologue. Yeah, which is he great. like was able to do it and like you would keep your attention. Yeah. And I don't know. I agree with you. Maybe there's not anyone that could do it now, but they just don't write movies like that either no. because it's all about you know music video quick cuts yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. No. You don't give the, the time or space for a monologue. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because the audience's, um, you know, patience and uh, you'll lose their attention and stuff. But it's it's interesting because he is, he's like everybody's dad. And, you know, there was like a bunch of everybody's dads back then. And now we have like Tom Hanks, I guess. You, um, I want to, I, I guess I could ask both of you this, um, the montage segment with the other people that she's dated. Did either of you ever bring a bebopper home um, <laughs> to meet your parents? I'm bummed it wasn't that last guy who whatever the fuck he did because he was hot. <laughs> Everybody else was like a doof looking, and that last guy was he the bebopper? I forget. <laughs> the, he was. How hot. about the guy who was like he works out all the time and he was n- not muscular. Not muscular at all. And then there was, was someone like, who was like somebody, he tried to fix his radio or something. Yeah. And he was annoyed about yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, he's trying, was. bitch, he's trying to help you. Also, she had yeah, a no, lot of boyfriends for a 19 year old. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These must have been like one, like, like she wanted me home from school. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. And no, Craig, I did not bring one of those home. I brought home dancers and cheerleaders and then a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, Thomas got around uh, before dating men. Got around. And, uh, yeah, had a couple of very serious relationships with women. They're all lovely, incredible ladies. And I brought home homework. Uh, I, I brought right. home books and homework. Yeah. I, I guess when you look like, it, Megan. I guess I, you're smart. I guess when you look like Elizabeth Taylor, like even like people, like they're gonna come. They're gonna come around. You know. Although, oh, yeah. Although that thing that that monologue that he does in the beginning where he's like, you know, when they first come around, you're nervous because like you don't want you don't want them around or something. And then he's like, and then if they don't come around, then you're nervous. And I was like, what are you nervous about then? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, my dad was fine. He seemed okay. He didn't seem nervous at all. But that actually is interesting because I do feel like at one point or another, all the characters like had different opinions on what was happening. Like they flip-flopped. Like first the dad was stressed out, then he was totally fine. First the mom yeah. was fine, then she was stressed out. First the daughter was fine, then she's, everything yeah. was changing, which does feel very real to the wedding experience. Agreed. Because day to day, who knows who's stressed Agreed. out. 100%. It felt very, so I, it, even though it's a comedy, it also, it really hit you on a lot of like, unlike born yesterday, it really hit you on a lot of like different levels of like, Oh yeah. I know that. I know that feeling. The dad missing the so many things at first, the engagement parking, making the drinks then at the wedding because he couldn't find her running around when Liz Taylor called the house and he got to answer the phone and have that one moment with his daughter. I got so emotional. Yeah. Uh, so emotional. Yeah. It makes you cry. It makes you cry. Because he loves yeah. her. 
And that's all that we want out of our families mm -hmm. and for these real intense moments of celebration is like these, these genuine moments of connection. And, and me thinking about like, oh, 1950s, like sometimes I feel like, you know, they're over, like overacted and all these things. Like when experiencing that moment, it just was, it was so human and so real and it just made me so happy. And it just made me fall in love with the movie and this whole experience of watching these movies and just great. Yeah, I loved it. I love their, I love their, when she, when she comes home and she's pissed because he wants to go to fucking Ottawa or something for the fishing trip. Nova, Nova, Nova Scotia. No. And honestly, I don't think she overreacted. I completely I think agree. I completely agree. You made that decision for the two. First of all, that's not a decision that you get to make on your own. Second of all, if you are going to make that decision on your own, the, the decision better be like Paris. It should not be fucking Canada. No, thank you. No offense to Canada. Yeah. Uh, we love Canada because we might, might all we have might to, all go have to there. move there. But here's the thing. Uh, his just him, him like sort of like going in to talk to her and like kind of talk her down from that and everything is such a it's just such a like real beautiful moment in this madcap mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, comedy it, that I kind of like, um, you know, I, we say like it's rare for movies to get nominated for Oscars. I'm even though that this movie is is not like that doesn't have the gravitas as some of the other movies we're going to talk about. Like, yeah. I'm fine with it being nominated. It's a lovely yeah. movie. I'm thrilled. It made me feel um, things. I did. I did. Um, I just I just looked something up about the wedding industrial complex. So in the movie, they talk about how it's going to be three seventy-five a person, three dollars and seventy-five cents, and seventy-five cents. So I put that in an inflation calculator because I was like, "What is three seventy-five now?" And it's twenty-six dollars and fourteen cents. Do you remember? Was it was it twenty-six dollars ahead at your wedding, Megan? <laughs> and my wedding comparatively no. was cheap. The only thing at my wedding that was expensive is. And this is actually, I'm really glad we're having this conversation because this is a, this is really, this is a, this is a PSA to people out there. Yeah. So when I was getting married, my, I didn't hire a wedding planner, but the inn that I got married at, it like came with the wet, like the coordinator. And yeah. when we were deciding how are we going to do booze, she was like, you know, the best thing to do is on consumption. It's almost always cheaper to do on consumption, right? Versus doing it per person. So they like to keep track of what people drinks as opposed, because there's, there, she figures like, there's always going to be people that don't drink. So we were like, okay. She doesn't know your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Two days after the wedding, she emails, we're on our honeymoon, she emails us the final bill. <laughs> she goes, I'm really sorry. You should have done per person. <laughs> Did not realize how much your friends liked to drink. <laughs> so, all that is to say, if you have my friends, if 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 you have my same circle of friends, um, I'm going to go ahead and say do it per person because on consumption that, is yeah. Uh, yeah yeah I I'm shocked that you let that decision get made. I am too, and it's, uh, I am too. It's, it's, you know, ultimately it's fine. It, you know, wasn't like that much more, but it is, it is very funny that we broke the, we broke them, basically. They were like, I'm yeah. proud of that fact. Yeah, I'm proud of it too. I'm proud of it too. But no, it definitely was more than $26 a person. Good Lord. <laughs> it's a cheap ass yes. wedding. And, it, yeah. and they had it in their house. 
So I'm like, you didn't have to pay for that. Was that a thing in the fifties that you do the, the, the wedding at a church and then you go back to the home to do the reception? It's, it seemed like it was what like do you a remember from the fifties, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> when you were, when you finished your, you know, shift at the theater selling concessions. Yeah. Well, so it sort of depends on to the, the wedding. Like, you know, I had a lot of like more upper crust friends, so mm-hmm. they would sometimes do the reception at banquet halls, but yes, there were, you know, definitely weddings and receptions <laughs> in the home. Also real quick, and then we should move on, but that dream sequence I don't know. Right. Doesn't that feel like it must have been a parody of something? It's so different and strange, I feel like, for the time that I want to be like, what is this? This must be like... Like weird Hitchcockian, like yeah, like, uh, like it's, Vertigo. It's reference, yeah, it's referencing something. It, I mean, Vertigo didn't come out for another nine years, so it's not Vertigo, but oh. it's something like... Sorry. Um, Your brain, Craig. I'm so impressed with you, constantly. It's the, it's the only thing I know. Just the date that Vertigo came out or no, 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 just, just, <laughs> just movie information. Okay. okay. Yeah. I don't know. Dreams are Grogu. weird. I had a dream about baby, baby Yoda last night. Grogu. Grogu. Sorry. I had a dream. About I was going to say he has a name now. Grogu. Megan. Anyway, he has to be in season three. I, if he's not, I'm not watching it. No. I'm not watching it. If he's not in season three. Amen. Father of the Bride, good movie. Watch Father of the Bride. Great movie. Watch Father of the Check Bride and then watch the the Steve Martin Father of the Bride. You should watch the Steve I'm gonna Martin. I'm going to go Father watch it Bride. now. Yeah. You will like yeah, it. It's, it's very it's very beat for beat, but it's also like it's just very it's very charming. Some great bits. I really did like the bar bit where he made all those martinis yeah. and then no one wanted a martini. And then one person I was like who, that's that's still funny to that's me. That's still funny. And then who came in and was the like groom. I'd like a martini the, the groom. Yeah, and he was like The yeah. groom. Take all the martinis. That's great. It did make me think of you Megan because I was like Megan would pound a martini. I would pound so many fucking martinis. I would I would I want to drown in a bath of martinis. At martinis yeah. and olives and lemon twists. I hope that's how Amen. I go. King Solomon's Mines. <sighs> Boof. Thomas? This one was rough, y'all. Thomas, what a were you woman on a woman on safari? <laughs> Can you imagine? That's a bridge uh, too far. <laughs> this is the only okay, so the other films, uh, I didn't take notes because I was actually genuinely caught up in in the ride of each of these movies, right? King Solomon's Minds, I took notes because I was just Just to give yourself something to do? Yeah. Two elephants are murdered in the first five minutes of this film. Very upsetting opening between the the elephants and the tribesmen. It's it's not a great start. No. No. And it doesn't get better. Um, I just want to read just a few things. I don't want to skip to the end, but just Thomas was just texting me a few. A little bit during King Solomon's Minds, and it was really making me lol. Uh, I'm like, what is happening? Nothing, ha- nothing happened in the first hour of the film, but yet it moved quicker. Things are happening now, but they feel eternal. Also, like her husband made it to the jewel solo and then just died in the cavern, and she was kind of like, YOLO, I got a safari man now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, she's going on safari. She's apparently the first woman ever to go on safari. Ever. The first people ever, you know, from the from the continent to go to this part of Africa, aside from her husband, because she's so desperate to find him, and then they do, 
Sorry, spoiler alert on a 71-year-old movie. Deadsville. Um, and she doesn't mourn at all. No, not sad. Doesn't mourn for a moment. Well, no. Pre- she's like, now I get to like hook up with this like overly tanned British dude yeah. now. Well, I guess she's also British, so she probably doesn't care about that. I mean, that, yeah, but. that doesn't, the, the accent means nothing to her. Here's the thing. It's funny that I, I, I bring up what you wrote me, Thomas, because it is a weird movie where I feel like simultaneously so many things happen and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? No. Like, nothing happens, but then they, like, walk around in the jungle for a while, and then, like... Ever. Forever. And then, boom, they're out of the jungle, and then they make out, like, one time, and then, boom, they're out of the jungle, and then there's a very long dance sequence with the natives, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then the movie's over. I did, I did write down that I felt like, I wondered if... You know, I'm sure it be just culturally like it was, but watching that fight scene between the man who would be king and his cousin who was, I was like, actually, this is very reminiscent of the fight scene in Black Panther. And I was like, I wonder if that was taken as a point at all or if it's just based on like actual like trial oh, yeah. competition yeah. in that area. Yeah, maybe. Because where, where it was like, you know, it's these two people that are fighting to decide who this is as opposed to warring factions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the two, the, the leaders, which I wish we should still do because I'm going to tell yeah. you, Joe Biden would still take down Donald Trump. I think even frail, frail as he, as he may look. I mean, Donald can't get down a, a, a low incline ramp. So, or yeah. Ramp. It needs two, two, two hands for one glass of water. Yeah. This is a low bar. But I, I, okay. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you mentioned like this, like, I don't know, representative, like tribal mm-hmm. um, history, the language. Did, could you guys figure out if they made up this, this African language or if it was just trying to be like reminiscent? Do you know I, what I mean? Like yeah. in the film? The, the, I, I don't know. I felt like they probably were speaking like. Like, I think he was definitely speaking Swahili. Was like Swahili like, think, or like something like that? I think that was the language that he knew. And I just assumed that they, because I, I actually texted this to Megan before she watched the movie. I think a lot of the reason this movie got nominated for Best Picture is probably at the time, you know, even though I don't know how much of it they actually shot in Africa, but the, like, clearly they had like done at least B-roll of like, safari and wild animals and stuff like that were probably for people like, oh, this is amazing. I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I want to say um, on the cover, uh, I have the the DVD right here. And on the cover, it says, filmed entirely in the wilds of Africa in Technicolor. Okay. So, so it's like a selling point. Yeah, I think yeah. that's, I mean, it is it is a color movie. It, it They filmed it on location. I think that's, it must have been Why expensive. weren't they sweating, though? Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, w- none of them were sweating. No. Like, if you put me in that situation, I would be a bucket. Yeah. Pitted, pitted she gave, out. She, she gave pitted herself out. such a chic cut. With I those, will say, um, the shears. She, man, that's the most unrealistic part of the whole movie. I was like, oh, she yeah. just was like, chop, 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 and then had the most perfect Deborah Carr fucking haircut ever, like Adora Bull. Yeah, that was um, honestly big ups to her. Yeah, I think that's, other, uh, that's what it is. The other thing is this, you know, I feel like it's faded at this point, but this was a very popular novel in the late 1800s. The, Alan Quartermain is a famous character. You know, mm-hmm. he's sort of like Indiana Jones for Indiana Jones. He famously was revived in um, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He's the Sean Connery role in the movie. 
is Alan Quartermain. Um, is that the so, is that the, the 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 dude the main dude the tan the tan British tan, guy tan dude? yeah he was very now tan. I now I will point but out that didn't do any how, push-ups nope not a one well this is how he is described in the book small wiry and unattractive because I did write down well that's very Hollywood to be like. <laughs> Well, we're uh, we're not going to do that. So, we're going to pick this. We're um, going to make a swarthy. We're going to make this guy swarthy yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, they had to have him be a, a love interest again. The love story in this too is, I don't know. Like it's fascinating. They're off to find her husband, but then they fall in love. But then so then they make a big deal of saying like, well, the reason why she's here is because she feels guilty because she didn't love him. I don't know. I would love to talk about their relationship because I feel like. It gets off on the wrong foot. She's clearly like determined. He's clearly kind of a jerk to her. They get on Safari. Also, she's only paying him. I did the conversion. She only paid him 200 and something grand to do this, to lose his life. Do you know what I mean? That's it. So he seems like he has a death wish anyway. Like he's kind of like, I'm over it. Totally. Yeah, it should be more than that. Do you remember when they first are on the safari and she's in her full getup? Yeah. And he gets like frustrated because she's getting hot. And so he just physically removes her clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then hands her something to go into the bush and change. That was really upsetting. Not okay. Um, Did not care for that. Not okay. And then the first moment that they really connect is when she's by the waterfall and it's so loud that they can't actually communicate. <laughs> and that's when they... Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. feel like there are so many things about the, the, that their relationship is it's just so wrong and upsetting and offensive. Mm-hmm. And I just had to be like, this, is, this isn't okay. I'm upset, whatever. But it's just like little things, not little, big things like that. Like, don't put your hands on women. And uh, if you fall in love with them because you can't hear what they're saying. <laughs> that should be a red flag. I think that's an issue. Yeah, that should be a red yes. flag for sure. Yeah. Just it is, a couple of notes that I just... It's, it's also weird just to watch the movie from a... 2020 lens and that you keep waiting for her to have some sort of like girl power moment where it's mostly just like nope she's still just tired from safari you want her to do the Uh thing you want because because he's like she's not going to be able to like she's going to slow us down she's going to be you know whatever she's 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 going to slow us down because she can't handle the heat and you want her to be like to be the to be the leader to be the one that's like no we're gonna keep going I'm fine you're the one that's weak or whatever and no they didn't do that <laughs> she basically needs to be like dragged across the Ever. desert yeah. yeah no never never not a one time does she kind of get it together whatever and she didn't care when they found her husband's rifle no no she was they bummed because she was like well I want to bone like, I want to oh. bone uh, George Hamilton over here mm-hmm. um. Like, I mean, and then when they're together, he, like, just, like, grabs her head at the end, like, strangely. Yeah. I was like, mm, very possessive. He owns her now. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't, I mean, yeah. I guess, and, yeah. and again, it's funny because, like, we're talking about, like, other, you know, I mean, again, we're looking at it through a 2020 lens, but, like, Father of the Bride is very, like, patriarchal society, right? Like, yeah. him giving her away and, like, the, you know, and the husband being, like, I'm going to take care of, whatever, that whole thing and, like, she's young and having the family yeah. and whatever, but it still felt more like, I don't know what the word is. Like, th- like there was also, there was also love there or there was also maybe because there was love there, you buy it more or it was just, it didn't feel as offensive to me 
as this movie does. Right. And again, totally because, and, and I think I get why in the, in the time people were like, Oh my God, like, like color shots of like tigers or whatever. But you know, we're living in a post, uh, Richard Attenborough, um, you know, (laughs) whatever our perfect planet, uh, world. And it's like, listen, I have seen slow motion footage of a fucking great white shark jumping out of the water and eating a seal, like come out, like I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. I'm sorry. Yeah. I saw these. Mm-mm. I saw. I saw a snake chase a mongoose, and then eat it. And, and the lead character sleeps in fully buttoned up pants every night. I can't even wear. It's just weird. I can't even wear buttoned up pants like in my home. Like right now, the second I come, pandemic or no. The second I come home, pants off, pants off, sweatpants so, on, amen. pants off. It's a pants, pants demic. It's a pants demic. It's a pants off. It's what really was like freaky zone. to me is that this movie was the second highest grossing film of 1950. Like it earned more money than any other film that's up for best picture. So like most people, when they were watching the Academy Awards, were like, oh yeah, King Solomon's Minds. More yeah. often than not. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's still a problem. I guess not a problem, whatever. So don't come for me, film industry. But like that, like um, some of the movies that I feel like three of us would say would be the best films are not the ones that everybody sees. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I just, oh, it's yeah. just like, cool. We've like looking at this. I'm like, oh, we've had this issue for forever. Yeah. Right. So it's not a new, it's not a new, it's certainly not a new issue. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. King that's Solomon's, the one thing that gave me comfort. King Solomon's Minds is the movie that, you know, you take that Craig took his his girl to and cuz he had the discount cuz he works at the theater. Yeah. And tried to finger her in the back of the the balcony, you know? So cuz you didn't really need to pay attention. You don't right. need to pay attention as much. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the kitties. And then Look at the kitties, am I right? The world the world exploded into color. Um, and Reese Witherspoon was like, this is amazing. <laughs> that's, I think you're being generous to yourself. Listen, that's just what happened. That's how I remember it happening. Okay. And then Jeff, Jeff Daniels was mad at me, okay. I think. I don't know. Okay. Um, Sunset Boulevard. Woo, baby. I haven't seen this movie since, uh, a film course I took in college and, um, Boy, oh boy, I forgot how fucking great this movie is. This movie is fucking mm-hmm. pitch goddamn perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, one of the movies that starts in the, at the end, back to the beginning, Will, William Holden does the narration. William Holden, hot as hell in this movie. Hot as hell. Hot as hell. Mm-hmm. I really, and also, I, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make the comment before you can, Craig. I really identified with Norma Desmond. <laughs> Listen, thought she, she looked, has a- thought she looked great. 100% a on board with her, and uh, gonna buy myself a chimp. <laughs> I don't know. Um, do you think Michael Jackson had a chimp because of Gloria Swanson, or do you think he just wanted a chimp? Oh, that's a great question. Whoa. That's a great question. I can't imagine he didn't... I, I can't imagine he didn't see Sunset Boulevard. And I'm sure... Yeah, that, he wasn't at least aware of yeah. it. 
There's a, there, I would say there are a lot of lines. Like for instance, um, I had an audition for a Jimmy John's commercial a couple weeks ago <laughs> and thought I, can't, I really I nailed it. I cannot wait to see where we go. Thought I, really, thought I really nailed it. Did not ever hear anything back. Mm. And you know, I was just sitting at home and I was like, imbeciles, have they forgotten what a star looks like? (laughs) Cecil B. DeMille was the director of that Jimmy John's commercial, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How far we've fallen. It's interesting because there's, so that's, um, and also he's, this is such a Hollywood movie. So the the two best movies of this year, I think we can probably say that, uh, are movies about Hollywood. Um. And so we're, I'm kind of, you know, obviously we're more in the hole for uh, those to begin with. But I like the thing about Sunset Boulevard is they had real, real cameos. Cecil Bedell, mm-hmm. there's a few other people that were actual stars. Well, the, well, it's like Buster Keaton and a couple other big, like, silent film stars at the card game. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. cool. Well, yeah. And Max was an actual director. Is that true? I did not know that. Yes, he used to direct... Um, um, Gloria no. in another the movie that that Gloria or Norma apologies mm-hmm. Norma and um, I can't remember the character's name but my boy Billy watched is a movie that the actor who played Max directed. Shut up! I did not realize that. Very meta. Correct. It is very meta because Gloria Swanson is also like, where does she stop? Like it's fascinating to watch and and to think like where because she was a film star of yore, where does yeah. she stop and Norma begins? That's a brave, and it's a, and, and it's a brave choice, especially for a woman in 1950 in Hollywood to make the decision to, to agree to do this movie where she comes off, where she's playing sort of autobiographical and comes off as a, let's be honest, a loon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, definitely, definitely the end of the film when she, after she's killed Billy, um, Thomas's sweet, sweet Billy. Sweet, sweet Billy. Um, and she's completely disconnected. I was like, this is definitely Megan in five years. <laughs> <laughs> that was me last night. <laughs> I broke dry January and just walked around. You my did? House. Finally. I did. I did. I did. Walked around oh. my house just looking at, you know, taking selfies of myself. Listen, she is a brave hero, Megan me. and Gloria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly me. But like, yeah, I don't think we can highlight that enough. The fact like what a ballsy move yeah. for a, a woman of her age with her career at her moment in her career to do this role and I, she knocked it out of the park. She was captivating. She was yeah. terrifying. Um, she, every single scene, every single frame she was in, she was like l- eating it alive. Yeah. Like it, we owe her. It's funny. Thank you so much, Gloria. It's funny too. You say that like she, she, that's funny. So we're talking about Judy Holiday and who, you know, best actress and whatever. The thing that's so interesting to me about this performance is it's such a it's a it's such a memeable like like even if you've never seen Sunset Boulevard you still know like I'm ready for my close up Mr. DeMille and like I I you know Staircase. I am big it's the pictures that got pictures that got small. yeah exactly mm-hmm. so you know those those lines so you think and this is such a bananas character like you'd think she's 
just chewing scenery and just like 100% crazy going for it. But she's kind of not. Like I buy this character. Like I re- like mm-hmm. I don't watching it, I guess I was I was surprised at how understated she actually is and how like there's so much life behind like she's so sad. She just like yeah. it's just the her sadness is what comes through more than anything else. I th- I think I think that she is so good that actually the some of the side stuff like all the stuff with Betty sort of suffers in comparison. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't think anyone in any of that stuff is bad or it's not even interesting. It's just that like you want to get back to the mansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you want to be with her at the studio. Yeah. Like you don't care about whatever's going on between Joe and Betty. Like Yeah. Even though I liked her on. a lot. Yeah. And does it and it and it does a great job of showing like yeah, that's the life he could have had if he wasn't yeah. like, you know, if he didn't have his own failings. Sorry, Billy. And I, and I, and I do love that she like when she comes into the office just as like the reader and basically destroys the script in front of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then doesn't like really apologize for it the next time she sees him. Yeah. She's like, "No, I mean, I read your other stuff and like there's this one thing that's good." Yeah. Well, he's like, "You liked that one." And she's like, "No, but one scene I liked." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> loved that. Yeah. I Love that. Also, like, we're a woman I with agency. I, correct. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I feel like you're right. Betty Schaefer, the character, suffered in comparison, yeah, to Norma Desmond yeah. because you're just enthralled with her because yeah. there's just so much going on, and also the the people around Norma who enabled her spiral. The reveal. Yeah. Do you know what of, I mean? Of the reveal of I'd forgotten the reveal of Max being not only her butler, but her first husband. And it Mm -hmm. is a, it's, I, I was like, like, it's a, it's a real shock. Uh Uh-huh. And then when he's the one writing all of the letters. Mm -hmm. Good for him. I mean, that's a lot of penmanship. Got to make each one look a little different. You know, it would have been, it would have been so much easier. um, Now, because, you know, you just bop on, Type some stuff up, yeah. put it in an envelope. Yeah. But no, he really, he really went for it. Yeah. How about Joe's just journey? Like, cause like we all, you know, we live in Los Angeles. We work in the entertainment business. Like Joe's journey, like the car getting repossessed, yeah. trying to just sell a script, like living in that shitty apartment in Hollywood. Like so interesting to see kind of something that felt very authentic and real, the struggle, mm-hmm. like compared to the grandeur and the former success of Norma, but yet they both are in the same place. Like even yeah. when you achieve the high highs in Hollywood, it's the moment, yeah. it's peak. Yeah. Like everyone kind of falls back down and is right where you kind of started. Yeah. And these two characters connect yeah. on that level. That's why you find something else that makes you happy because... Christ knows this shit is not going to make you happy. When he was like, I'm living on Franklin and Ivar. I was like, oof, I have PTSD from visiting. <laughs> not that I lived on Franklin and Ivar, but visiting in those shitty like apartments that were like, like subsidized mm-hmm. for like artists and whatever. And you were like, Ooh, I, it, they just smell like desperation. Shiver goes down your Shiver. spine. And that's when we turn to our golden retrievers. Yeah. 100%. That's, I'll, that's why I'll never I have forget. a dog. When I first moved to Los Angeles um, and I was staying with Megan, we went and looked at an apartment very close to the Grove. 
And do you remember this, Meg? And we walked in. I think it's actually like just down the street from where you live now. I think I remember um, this. Like, yeah. And we went in and they were like, yeah, it just opened up. It was this girl. She moved to be an actress, but I guess it didn't work yeah, out. I, remember. And I was like, I can't live here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there it didn't work out. She enough. moved back to Ho- she moved back to o- Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this. I can't clear out this <laughs> bad energy. No, not I enough, don't even believe in that sort of thing. No, not enough sage in the world for that, for that no. shit. Yeah, it's like a, it is, it, but again, it's like, a, yeah, everybody is just one job away from like complete happiness or total ruin. Yeah, totally. You know? And I, we talked about this briefly, but the score here was incredible and deserved yeah. the win. Such like, drama. Drama. It was exciting. It was terrifying. Um, yeah, loved the score. Yeah, loved the score. And again, I just want to say, I think she looks great. I was like, I, I, I was like, what is she gonna? She's gonna turn out to be because they're they keep talking about like uh, she's like an older lady or whatever. And I was thinking like she's probably like what forty because for you know nineteen fifty forty whatever. Right. And she was not. She's fifty one. She was fifty one when this movie came out. So I was like, you look good, ma'am. Ma'am. Amen. She looks good. You work, Norma. Work. That's because she's, you... she's on that Pelly five times a week, you know. Ooh, loving that Pelly. Chasing her on the leaderboard. Yeah, chasing that leaderboard. Do you oh, think uh, Joe reminds, loves her? Which reminds me, I got to do a quick read. Um, oh, here we go. Peloton, please pay us to do reads for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was our... <laughs> that's a uh, that is by the way that is not indicative of the type of uh selling of reads we would do i mean but you you, got, you have ad people that would write the copy yeah. we would just we just read it we just read it mm-hmm. but i do Pots believe but America. i do believe in the product for sure oh peloton yeah, yeah. it's the greatest thing to possibly ever happen yeah 100 mm-hmm. anyway sunset boulevard is um, great sunset yeah. boulevard is great what can you say great. about it that has not already been said Let's talk about another great movie. The winner of the Billy Academy Wilder, by the way, Billy Wilder, Sunset Boulevard. Can't go wrong. Billy Wilder, great movie, great, great yeah. filmmaker. Sorry, continue. Yeah, all about Eve. <sighs> I love this movie too. I saved it for last. You, I know. I knew. I told. I was like. I, I told you. Yeah, you really want to. You really want to mm-hmm. get in. It's so campy and delight, and just delightful. And again, a lot of great. A lot of great lines. Uh, fasten your seatbelts. It's gonna be a bumpy night. Uh huh. Uh huh. Betty Davis. Um, I love. I love all the wit in the opening. All of like Dewitt's intro yeah. stuff. His opening narration. There's so many balls in there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, how how fun funny that in Sunset Boulevard they were talking that Xanax's too busy to do Norma's picture, yeah. and then Xanax was doing Eve's all about yeah. Eve. Eve I'm just saying, it's like there's a reason these two films are so perfect. It's very, together. you know what it is? It's Tupac and Biggie. It's very East Coast, West it's Coast. New York and LA. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's New York Love versus it. LA. Um, it's also, they both have accented maxes. It's the year of accented maxes. Yep. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. They are really wow. two sides of the same coin. It's very interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. I started with Sunset Boulevard and ended with All About yeah. Eve. Yeah. And 
All About Eve is just, I don't know, man. It is just like, I feel like it's also the blueprint for a lot of like pictures to come. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the protege trying to overtake the mentor, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget the scene in the bathroom when you really see Eve for the first time when she's threatening Karen. It's so, um, it's, it, it, I will say if I have any, any, um, uh, criticism of this film, it's that it takes a little bit of time for her to get to that. Like that you're like, you're, you're waiting a while. Cause you're like, you're like, what's going on with her? What's up with her? And then that bomb, I wish came a little bit earlier. Cause that bomb from her of, of just like blackmailing her is so such a great, such Good. a great moment. And then just the way she walks back to the table. And then when, when uh, Betty Davis is like, you know what? I don't want to play. What's her face? Cora. Cora. And they just are like, it's, uh, she dies laughing. It's, it's the other thing scene. is, I feel like it's pretty obvious early on that um, Addison has exposed Eve. Like he knows like about the husband and stuff. Like they set that up that he's, hey Maddie. Um, they set that up early on that he kind of is on to her and it doesn't really come out until like the last 25 minutes of the movie yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You, we can have, I can have evil Addison earlier because that he is when he turns and he's like, yeah, no, you're going to let me in. Like, no, you're going to, no, you're going to, you're mine now is such right. a, you, belong to, you belong to me is such a, a, another, like just a great mic drop moment of like, yeah. Yeah. I do think um, it's interesting that like we see her um, after she goes on in the play, try to seduce Bill mm-hmm. in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. And even then I still think the reveal is the bathroom scene with Karen. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Because I feel like it's the first, I feel like that who knows, maybe she's in love, yes. maybe whatever, but like the bathroom scene, she literally is like teeing up Karen to get what she wants and then pivots to, to seal the deal. Yeah. And maybe I just was like, I see myself in you. <laughs> and why, why, why it resonated so much. Just because it's just like, this industry is, is brutal. Yeah. We all have all dealt with Eves. We've all been Eves at certain moments yeah. in time. Um, I don't know. Isn't it was like a light bulb. You're, yeah, we can kind of... You, I don't think of this the scene in the dressing room when she's trying to seduce Bill. Like, I we it's so much easier to forgive like well she's emotional like to go she's emotionally invested in blah 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 but the second it becomes about her career then we're like oh i see what you're doing here i like mm-hmm. well i also think that two women in a scene is far more interesting than a, a man and a woman in a scene mm-hmm. have talking about love 100%. you right. know what i mean which we have a million yeah. of. especially this movie passes the fucking bechdel test Yes. Uh, amen. And it's so, it's just, just also having watched all these other movies and there's so much love, which is great. And we love yeah. love, but like to see a woman like being cutthroat and going after something she wants that isn't necessarily tied up in a man mm-hmm. is thrilling. It's thrilling. Yeah. It, it, that scene was like fireworks yeah. to me. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. And again, I, I don't I, think- bl- I like watching it now years after I've seen it for the first time, I like, I don't see Eve as that evil now. I'm like, hey, she's... No, she's the assistant that I sat next to at CAA. Right, yeah. Like, she's just trying to just, get hers. 
Correct. No one is going to give it to you in this business. And I don't know. It was that that was true in 1950. If you got to cut a couple bitches on your way up, just make sure you don't pass them on your way down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, Thomas is an Eve. Megan's a birdie. <laughs> and I'm a Miss Caswell. <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, like, <laughs> Sure. Miss Cass, that was the... Um, Failed actress, right? Who was the like, Mar- oh, you should go Marilyn to TV. Mon- the Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Marilyn? Mm-hmm. Well, you guys it was, do- Marilyn. Oh, it was Marilyn. I yeah. was- you do have very similar I hair. I was like, wow, she's a very good yeah. Marilyn. Yeah, no, that's Marilyn. But it was Marilyn. And I think her, okay, her first, this is like her first movie, right? Great. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, well, I know her. So her breakout, we'll get to other movies. The Asphalt Jungle is considered her breakout role, right. which is also mm-hmm. 1950. Right. So I don't know. Um, which one came out first. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. I mean, great. So many great female roles. Like I think in. Doubled another, up in actress and supporting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think in another year, like Thelma Ritter maybe walks away with best supporting actress, even though she's in like four scenes mm-hmm. and then disappears for the last hour of the movie. Um, you know, Celeste Holm and Betty Davis hated each other. Is that true? Yeah, they did not speak off camera. I guess, like, Celeste Holm, like, introduced herself on the first day, and Betty Davis, like, was like, oh, look at this polite shit. And Celeste Holm was like, I never spoke to her again. And then they had to shoot that scene in the car. Where they're they're buddies. Yeah. Wow. And that, my friends, is acting. It's Hollywood. You know? It's great. Love it. Love it. Love Betty Davis. Love those eyes. I do have to say, though, um... I know he won for best supporting actor. Aaron. Yeah. The guy that plays Addison. Whatever his name was. George. Yeah. George. Stan- yeah. Addison, not Aaron. George Stanton or whatever. Um, I like don't get that at all. Like, I'm so sad that the, the person who won an acting award for all about Eve was him. Yeah. Was a, was a man yeah. and not even. And we, we actually, interesting. we talked about this over text. A lot of people thought maybe, Betty Davis would win, um, but Ann Baxter sort of eaved the, and because originally she was going to be run as supporting and she was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm a co-lead. Um, and people thought maybe that took votes away from Betty Davis. Although I will say, she's Gloria not Swanson, wrong, by the way. She, uh, she no, is a co-lead. Not necessarily. Yeah. Gloria Swanson won the Golden Globe. So it's hard to say for sure um, that Betty Davis would have won had she been alone there. Um, but this was sort of a comeback for Betty Davis. If you, it's actually really interesting. If you look at like the late thirties into like the mid forties, Betty Davis gets nominated like eight times in 11 years or something like that. Wins two Academy Awards. She's also in so many best picture nominees. I mean, even movies she wasn't nominated for. And then she just basically, she even admits she like chose badly for several years and all about Eve sort of revived her career. So yeah, I mean, I agree. It's a it's a bummer that he because I I don't think he's bad. I just think that that character. There's also so these, like the, these women are turning in performances of a career. Yeah. So yeah. these were the other nominees: um, Edmund Gwynn for Mister Eight Eighty, which is not a movie I've ever heard of. Edmund Gwynn um, had already won an Oscar for playing Santa Claus in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. This is this is so, best supporting actor nominees. You're yes. Okay. 
Uh, Jeff Chandler for a movie called Broken Arrow. I don't know if that was remade, uh, if he was playing like the Christian Slater like the role. Christian or... <laughs> that can't be the same thing. And then uh, Sam Jaffe for The Asphalt Jungle, which again, uh, we'll talk, I'll talk about that movie in a minute, but he is not even the person I would have picked from that movie. Um, and then Eric von Stroheim for Sunset Boulevard, who played Max. Mm. Um, I would have picked I would have picked Eric over. George. I don't know. I like George Sanders. In this movie. I like him. I think it's kind of a toss up for me. I'm fine with him winning. I agree with you that it is unfortunate that a man won, but you know they did at least all four of those major women got, got nominated. nominated. And like right. we well, said, I mean, like best actress is like maybe the best best actress grouping ever um and best supporting actress i'll talk a little bit about it, but the one that won for harvey is is great and harvey so um yeah i mean sunset boulevard had a an actor in every category and didn't win none of them won which is also a shame to me shame. yeah who won but, best director craig uh joseph l mankowitz okay who directed for all about you okay. yeah and the screenplays were Mankiewicz won for All About Eve and then Billy Wilder won for Sunset Boulevard because one was adapted and one was original. There we go. And I think that, to me, that's similar to 1976 where it's like Network and All the President's Men won the two awards where it's like, oh, well, that's maybe four of the like best 10 screenplays that ever have been written, Mm -hmm. won Academy Awards in two years. Like that's nuts. Um, All About Eve. I also like the other thing I love about the screenplay is how literate it is. The part where she like quotes part of Julius Caesar, and it's like, can you imagine someone writing something now where you would expect your audience to be able to complete a line from Julius Caesar? No. Like, or and yeah. not even audience, the people in the just the characters in the movie. Yeah. You know what the problem is today? Nobody reads anymore. Nobody reads Shakespeare anymore. You're so right, Megan. You're Megan. You're so right. So before we talk about any other movies from the year, what we're going to do, we're going to rank them. Five Ooh. to one. Five being Thomas. the worst, Thomas. Thomas, five what being the worst. What would be the worst of these five? And I'm uh, a bated breath. <laughs> Dying to know. So, if do we don't unanimous, <laughs> it, it's King Solomon. <laughs> okay. uh, number four. Uh, number four. This just gets rude, but I would have to say Born Yesterday is four. Mm-hmm. And three? Three, I would say Father of the Bride. Uh-huh. Two. And then I I don't think it's fair to make a one and two here. Well, well you don't have a choice. You have no, that's what we that's do. That's why then leave. Okay, then, then leave. if I have to, if I have to, I'm going to say Sunset Boulevard 2, all about Eve 1. I think, yeah. Megan. It was it was hard. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. I'm gonna shock you. King Solomon's Minds is number five. Wow. Wow. Number Lord. four for me is Born Yesterday. Uh-huh. And number three is Father of the Bride. Uh-huh. Number two, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna say right now, I w- I came into this thinking one way I, before I rewatched these movies, and they flipped for me in my old age. Number two is All About Eve, and number one is Sunset Boulevard. Well, yeah, number one, I mean, you are Norma, I, so I get it. I am. I am Norma. I'm a poor, I'm poor Norma. 
She's like, yeah. let me, I'll open my, my Malibu house for you. And I'm like, I'll open the door to the shitty garage I have out back <laughs> that has a bunch of my crap. You in have it. washer dryer in unit. You're doing sure, great. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. You're fine. Okay, Craig. My five through three are very similar. I go King Solomon, born yesterday, father of the bride. Dun, dun, dun. Aren't you dying? Do you die? I die. And here's the thing. I also switched. So I have Sunset 2 and All About Eve 1, which is not what I was expecting. No way. I love Sunset Boulevard. But you know what? I could watch those movies tomorrow and switch and again. switch again. Agreed. Listen, they're, agreed. Both, they're both basically perfect. They're both perfect for movies. Me, for me, this time, it really came down to like every little thing with All About Eve, like every machination, all the stories I was interested in. And with Sunset Boulevard, I just wasn't interested in Joe's side story. Right. And I think mm-hmm. for me, the only reason why I dinged, and I'm not even dinging it, it's still perf- a perfect movie, is I think it's a little overlong. All about, sure. all about Eve. All about yeah. Eve. I thought it was a little... Especially in comparison, particularly this year, we're watching a bunch of movies. Everything else clocks in under two hours yeah. and All About Eve's about 220. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most Oscar years, like, we'd be like, 220, that's a normal That's normal, length. yeah. <laughs> but I pre- it makes you realize, like, I really appreciate, like, you don't need to be, like, you can, you can tell, ask Billy Wilder, you can tell a great story, a rich, full story in an hour and a half. Listen, Father of the Bride is 86 minutes long. There Great. are episodes of fucking American Horror Story that are, that are longer, longer than, than that. that. <laughs> I also think these watch, rewatching all these movies, and especially Sunset and All About Eve, just because they're, they, I don't know, they were really resonated with me, mm-hmm. but they just made me love the movies again. And especially yeah. in a year where like we haven't been able to go to the theater, new movies aren't coming out regularly. Like, just being able to just, I thought I was going to be bored watching all these movies, but I was captivated. Yeah. And it reminded me why I love the cinema so much and why I, it's just, you, I was transported. And as, as like um, over the top, some of these character choices might be, there's something about it that still felt so human and was just, it was a nice connection for someone in a pandemic quarantine worlds to get transported back to this time and place and there still be this like love and appreciation for the theater and movies and culture and art and it was very special so honestly thank you guys for for making me do this because this was so wonderful i mean you're welcome i mean you're welcome i mean and that makes me happy to hear and it makes me it makes me think also like keep movie theaters around guys please i'm screaming into the Mm -hmm. void but i'd like movie theaters to stay yeah. And I'm like, I love the Marvel movies. I'm obsessed. I love action mm-hmm. movies. But it was so lovely just seeing movies about people yeah. and not explosions. Yeah. And like, I feel like we're in a, in a moment where either movies are so small or so big. Yeah. There's no, they don't make, watching, yes, agreed. We talk about this. They don't like, make mid, mid budget movies anymore. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. And I miss looking at actors' faces for longer than three and a half seconds before a cut. Yeah. Like I loved watching, especially these women who, who were dealing with age and misogyny in so many of these pictures and being stu- called stupid and challenging themselves and pushing the envelope. It was so refreshing just to get to watch them fight their, their personal fight, yeah. no matter what character or what film. Yeah. 
They I like not, loved the lingering. Yeah, really. Other than King Solomon's Mines, all of these, regardless of how dated some of the you know topics might be or whatever, like uh, all of these women, all of all of the women had in these four other four movies had such rich inner lives and such agency, and it's it's yeah. rare to see now, let alone in 1950. Yeah, you know what's even our Grifter Eve. Yeah, even Eve. Like grift away. Grift, grift, yeah. Eve, grift. Meanwhile, by the way, I picked Sunset Boulevard, and I'm. we said it was East Coast versus West Coast. I'm the only East Coaster here, and I picked the West Coast movie. You two motherfuckers. Texans. Well, Thomas, wow. I, Thomas and I are both from Houston, so that uh, that's not really H-Town. West Coast. No, but so. I'm saying, but that's not East Coast, and you picked the East Coast thing. It's closer to the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Probably? Yeah, I don't know that that works, what you just said. Okay. Um, <laughs> are there any other movies from the year uh, that either of you wanted to point out as possible, not necessarily Best Picture winners, but as nominees? Meg? Yeah, I mean, The Third Man, we're, we're, we're going to talk about The Third Man. The Third Man um, should 100% have been nominated uh, for Best Picture. Thomas, you would really enjoy this movie. Uh, it's an Orson Welles movie, and it takes place in Vienna. Where they apparently, by the way, have third man tours. You can like Ooh. go into the sewer, which is weird, and you can go like on the the um uh what's it called? The big the Ferris wheel or whatever that they have. Right. That the big finale takes place in. It's like a it's like a thriller. It is um uh just super well done. Again, a, a like a movie that is, and it, it, you, we should know this coming from Orson Welles, but like a movie that is. Uh, very um, ahead of its time. Like it, it works. It if you watch it, like you will like it. It works today on the same level that it worked in 1950. Um, surprising that it was not nominated. Yeah, the it was nominated for best um, director, but it was not nominated for best picture. Like I would put that um, above. And I, we should point out Orson Welles is in the movie. He, he did, did not direct, direct it. No, but, but it's yeah. yeah. But I would say like. He it's better than, and I like Born Yesterday. I love Born Yesterday, and I and I love um, Father of the Bride. It's more of a Oscar movie than either one of those two movies. Yeah, would you say that? Um, and we won't talk about this for too long since Thomas hasn't seen it. But Harry Lime, worst friend ever. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like he's he's up there. Yeah, like if not the very worst, like yeah. close to the top of the list. Yeah, really responsible for a lot of bad shit. But it's yeah. but it's a fun it's a fun movie. It's like it's it's yeah. very enjoy it's like it, it moves again it it's I think it's under 2 hours. It moves quickly. And um yeah, it's a fun movie. Watch the third man. Um, I'll watch it. Check it out. Listen, I, you I will watched, like it. I watched a few other movies from the year. Um I'll just really briefly touch on I watched Cyrano de Bergerac cuz it's on Prime and that's uh Jose Ferrer won best actor, so I just wanted to see the performance and it's it's fine. It's it's I think a good movie version of Cyrano, but it's But another one where Steve Martin did it better, am I right? Steve Martin. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um there's just there's not much to it. You know, he played it famously on stage, you want a Tony for it, and it just seems like it's sort of an act like just slowly pulling out the world, but giving Jose Ferrer a chance to win an Oscar, and he did. So good for Jose. Um I also watched Rashomon, which is really important, I think, in terms of filmmaking mm-hmm. um but i don't think it's like a crazy interesting movie 70 years it's funny because it gets referenced all the time thomas yeah. rashomon is like it's like the movie that it's like 
it's a it's told from the perspective of like it's like the same event for different people for a, a bunch yeah. of different people so it's like how different like the idea is like how how you see events differently than other people whatever yeah. um, oh. but yeah i mean it's kurosawa right yeah, they make a really interesting choice and there's like a whole trial segment basically, but there's no judge. So it's when people are like testifying, they're speaking like basically directly to camera or just off camera, but it's doing the thing that like you do when like you have a self-tape and you don't have someone to do the stuff yeah. with where you just like pause where their line would be and then you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, it's really sort of jarring to watch now. You're like, that's an interesting Is Allie choice. not reading with you? Off, like you should really ask her to like you know. Oh no 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 read no, with no, you. no! She well, it's because she makes faces when I say my line. Like, oh, what oh. Are you like, are you gonna and, say it like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah yeah yeah. Oof. Um, Brutal. But the two movies, the two other movies, other than the Third Man, that I actually really loved from this year, and like I said, I think 1950 is a great year. First of all, I watched Harvey, which I had never watched before, and Harvey's about Jimmy Stewart plays a character who basically has an imagine like sees an imaginary rabbit. And I was like, ooh, let's see how this movie deals with mental illness 70 years later. This is not going to age well. And there are some like stuff like in the sanitarium that you're like, this is how they treated people. But it actually is extremely charming. And his character is so lovely that at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, like we finished it. Um, I watched it with Allie and she was like, I just want to watch that again tomorrow. Like, I loved that. Um, So I do recommend Harvey. Cause it's Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Stewart, yeah, is, you, it's weird to think of him as like, I don't think I, I don't think of him as playing like a character character, like in the sense, like in the sense of like Jimmy Stewart's always kind of Jimmy Stewart. So the idea, and of, this is, this is very much sort of that, like, it's sort of like, you know, like a non-distressed George Bailey. Okay. So, okay. Um, you said the word sanitarium and then said you wanted to watch it again the next day. So I'm intrigued to say the least. <laughs> Um, And then um, The Asphalt Jungle, which was a movie I had never even heard of. It's the other movie that was nominated for Best Director. So um, the director nominees, I just want to pull this up. It was Joseph Megawis, Billy Wilder, Carol Reed, who did The Third Man. Um, And is a man? Carol. Yes. Oh, do you think there are female directors in 1950, Thomas? No. No, 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 no. Definitely not. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. John Huston for The Asphalt Jungle and then George Cukor for Born Yesterday. So anyway, The Asphalt Jungle, like I said, never heard of before. Loved it. Like, liked it actually even more than The Third Man. Wow. I didn't get a chance and I really want to watch it because I... You, I mean, you, I know you said you didn't love Marilyn in this, but I, I love a Marilyn Monroe. It's like her breakout role. I don't think she's very good in it, but I think everybody else is very good in it. Um, what I really liked about it, it's so it's a heist movie, but it's sort of similar to Heat in that the heist happens pretty early on, and then it's the fallout. It's sort of, it's the fallout of the heist is what most of the movie oh. is about, and I think the movie just like continues to get better as it goes along. Um, so it's something I really suggest people check out because it wasn't something I was aware of and I loved it. So, so I should go watch Asphalt Jungle, Harvey, and um, the, third man. the Third Man. Yeah, I think they're all, all three of them are worth watching. And I would probably, I, I think I would have all three of those for me over everything other than All About Eve and Sunset Boulevard mm-hmm. in terms of nominees. Um, 
But Harvey's very similar to Father of the Bride, where it's just like, oh, this is like a little treat. Yeah. A little, um, a little fun, like a snack. Yeah. And like, like a sneaky snack. And like we said, I also liked Born Yesterday. Um, I just think it's all her, and I don't think. Right. Yeah. Without Judy. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not. Peace a, and blessings. Yeah. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Thomas. Um, just what a delight. Thomas, do you, Thomas, do you have a favorite movie from 2020? Favorite movie from 2020. Oh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. 2019, but okay. That was 2019? It was, it, so that, I've seen a lot of lists and it's it's difficult because it was, had a limited release in 2019 in LA and New York for awards qualification. It technically yeah. was up for the Oscars, but it didn't get an actual release till February of 2020. Doesn't it I think make you feel United like, what is, what is time when you're like, wait, that was tw- like, I mean, well, listen, you watched it. Was it was the last movie I saw in theater. In a theater. Right. Okay. Yeah. In a theater. Saw it at the Alamo Draft House. It was, I love. I love that movie. I loved it. And yeah, maybe it's, it's just my experience with it, looking back over the darkness no, for the not. last that year. That movie is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. I just loved the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Like what other movies were in 2020? Well, like we did, we just did this on our podcast, but we'll allow oh. it if you loved it. I don't know what Listen. my favorite. I don't know what my favorite 2020 is, but I, I don't know. I it's it's a blur for me. I, again, I I sort of go around um, never, uh, rarely, sometimes, always, which made me mm-hmm. like super cry. I watched um, Promising Young Woman. I watched that last night. Thoughts, feelings, emotions. Um, I really liked it. Me too. Um, I really liked it. I know some people don't enjoy the ending. Also, I Michael, seen, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to know anything about. I it. I will not ruin it for you, but Michael worked with Emerald on season two of Killing Eve. Right. So, he, I just I was kind of like ready for the tone and the experience, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think it was like that that vibe of the film is something that I just like really wanted yeah. in my life last night. So I enjoyed it. Visually I so spend... such a such a visual treat, like the just the clothes and the neon pops and One the, thing, like, whatever. Jennifer Coolidge is underutilized in the film. Obviously, always. And I think that's like like that should be a jailable offense mm-hmm. because when you have Jennifer Coolidge in a movie Do something with um, her people. Do something with her. Have but her that bend. would be my only quote. And snap. Bend. And snap. Have her bend and snap. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what you think, Craig, because it's it's good. It's it's good. It ultimately kind of maybe left me feeling a little cold. Um, but yeah. as, you know, but it but it's good. Um I I will I will say these are the two like I feel like the most like sort of warm reviews. I feel like everyone I've seen runs either really, really hot on the movie or fairly cold. It's weird. So like it's interesting to listen to YouTube be like, I liked it a lot, but I had reservations because I feel like everyone's like, I loved it or I really didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Um I think I was just really, really happy for like a strong female fronted fresh feature yeah, film. Yeah. And I sure. and also I'm happy to see Carrie Mulligan get work. Per- Carrie Mulligan is great. Like yeah. give her totally give her more she, stuff to do. Um, I was really stressed out by how thin she was in the She's film. Very thin. Very thin in and, the film. And, and it's and funny I think, that you say that you're stressed out because I was really like inspired by how thin she is in the film. 
I just like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's already hard enough to be a woman, mm-hmm. I assume. Do you know what I mean? And like, she's just so perfect and beautiful. Yeah. I'm just like, we don't No, listen, it is whatever. really hard. She's great. It is very hard to be that perfect and beautiful. I would assume. I would imagine. Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. Do you know what film I didn't actually enjoy of 2020? What? I didn't dis- hate it, but I just, after watching it, I thought it could have been much shorter and didn't know if we needed to make it was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I was going to just oh, say I watched that last night. Um, that's a movie that is a play. And Maddie, it's funny because I watched it with Maddie. I already knew it was a play, but Maddie didn't. And we got like five minutes in and he paused and he goes, is this a play? <laughs> I was like, yes. And he's like, okay. It's it a play. screams I was a play. Yeah. It's good. I liked it. Viola yeah, Davis good. is fucking phenomenal in it. I was fucking blown away by her. I thought she was yes. incredible. Every single choice she made. She's enormous. She's a Gloria Swanson for me in that this, you look at you, just her look, you're thinking like, this is going to be crazy, eat, chewing the scenery over the top, you know, whatever. And it's not, it's like a restrained mm-hmm. performance and it is truly amazing. I was the movie is everybody's good in it, but the movie works because of her. Correct. That's my hot take. Um, I uh, the movie that I had watched uh, since the last time we recorded that I strongly recommend is a movie called Collective. It is a um, documentary. It's a Romanian documentary about a club fire oh, and right. the sort of fallout from it in terms of basically. I think over a hundred people died originally in the club, in the fire, but then something like 60 people died in the subsequent months just because of how the hospital treatment of them. A lot of them were not burned badly enough to die of that. It was like bacterial infections and stuff. And it basically leads to the entire government resigning. And um, it is not an easy sit by any means, um, but I think it's, sort of incredible filmmaking. Definitely the best documentary I've seen this year. Definitely the best foreign film I've seen this year. Um, and up there for best movie I've seen this year. So um, you can rent it on iTunes. I suggest people check that out. Um, but again, it's not, you know, be ready for it. I feel like I, whenever I'm in like a crowded, whenever I'm in, back in the day when it used to be like, you don't even be like in a crowded like club or concert venue or whatever, that would always be like, a fear of mine. And now I'm like, God, I'd love to, I'd love to just take the risk. I'd love to take that risk. I'd love to take that risk. I'd love to die in a, speaking of risks, guys, guess who's at lower risk now? Just telling everybody this, this bitch. Just bragging. Just bragging. Just bragging. You should probably tell everybody that you didn't like skip the line. I didn't skip. I didn't skip the line. We should point out that, podcasters are considered essential mm-hmm. workers. That's why. Us. So that I got that, I got that notification and I was like, yeah, I've got it. No, I volunteer at a children's hospital with my dog and we see patients. Um, and so, uh, they emailed me this week and we're like, come in for your first shot. So I'm halfway vaccinated guys. And I'm here to tell people that are, um, worried about it. Like I've only had the, FBI show up my up at my house twice since then. So, which is normal for me. Um, and, um, you know, it's like being microchipped. It's great. <laughs> it's like my dog is microchipped. And so am I now. You and Scout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, seriously, it, I've had no, uh, 
no side effects either in case, yeah, I mean, I know that's not true for everybody, but just in case. And if, if someone of Megan's age is not having side <laughs> effects, then everybody else should be happy to get the vaccine. Thank you, You're under 65. Pfizer. You're going to be fine. You're yeah. going to be yeah. fine. Uh, get it, get it, get it. Yeah. Anyway, it's a delight. I'm ready for, ready for the next one. Ready for you guys to Who, get it. Ready for us all to have it. Well, we'll, we'll circle back in October, November. <laughs> Thomas and I. Correct. Don't, the list, so. don't even say that. That's not funny. Um, well, Thomas, thank you so much for doing this. You've been such a delight. Thomas, just thank sun, you. Sunshine for on a me, Sunday morning. Just a, like insightful, are... like really, you really like, you really had smart things to say. And I you did that. the research, you put in the time and we appreciate it. Well, you that. both are just like, you're both two of the smartest, wittiest people I know. Yeah, I, mean, I was very nervous actually to have this conversation with you to try and keep up. And not only did you keep up, but I, you certainly outshone, yeah. outshone uh, one of us. Yeah. I'll let, Me. I'll let the, <laughs> I'll let the listeners decide which one. Mom and dad, please stop fighting. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll be back in a couple weeks. We're going to be doing some uh, Best Actor and Actress Awards from 2002. Um, so we're going to kind of probably go back and forth between the 2000s and actors and then go back to the 50s with pictures mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. Um, but we thank you all again for listening. Stay safe. We will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, I